Jason Fitz are Spain and Fitz. We are back. College football has built into it nostalgia. Sarah Spain. A connection to a community. This will not have that. Jason Fitz. He is, when he is healthy, considered to be one of the great young pieces in the game. Spain and Fitz returns weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM. KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. CBSSports.com will join us at the bottom of the hour. Lee Sterling next segment from Paramount Sports. Leading off hour number three. Uh, we've been having on Thursdays at 145. We wanted to get Coach Dean in there. Mr. Jay Walker is the voice of the Raging Cajuns. On Thursdays, we talk to the voices of some schools in and around the state. Chris Blair, Corey Glower. Now, Jay, you're up, sir. How are you this afternoon on a game day? Yet again, another midweek game for the Cajuns. Yeah, and uh, you know it was um, the clouds are starting to go away. It's it's a little uh, a little chilly. It's about fifty nine yeah. degrees, but it's going to uh, going to be a great night for football. I love it. Uh, ESPN six thirty kickoff Georgia State and UL the Raging Cages. Uh, Jay, when you look at this this game that just passed, it, it's interesting because you know we had talked last week about what these games can sort of look like, and sometimes, hey, you don't look at the record stuff. And then there's take-care-of-business games. And last week was a take-care-of-business game, right? And they did, 45 nothing. Yeah, they, um, you know, Texas State really revolves around their quarterback, Brady McBride, and he was injured on the first play of the game, and we didn't see him again. Right. And that pretty much ended any opportunity that they were going to have to win the football game. Now, having said that, the Cajuns still went out and scored 45 points. Um, and the last time I checked, their quarterback didn't play defense. So they it, it, they did take care of their business, uh, and they played very well. When you look at the Sun Belt Conference, there's an east and a west. Cajuns up there at the top out west, 5-0, 7-1 overall. There's App State, 3-1, 6-2. But they got a little company over there, Coastal Carolina and Georgia State. So, Look, we, we've seen Coastal Carolina be ranked high. The Cajuns were ranked this year. How tough is the Sun Belt Conference to you? Uh, it's, it just get, keeps getting better. You know, the, the Cajuns and Coastal and App, you know, those three are, you know, kind of the gold standard in the league. But we see more schools getting better. South Alabama has improved this year. Uh, Troy uh, is a better football team this year. And this Georgia State team was the one – that if somebody asked me, okay, there's there's three really good teams in the Sun Belt, who's got the best chance of being the fourth? I probably would have said Georgia State. Hmm. Interesting. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about too, since we started talking here regularly, Jay, I think since we last talked, a couple of new conference members coming your way. My Southern Miss Golden Eagles are uh, going to be joining there as well, and there was a lot of talk, obviously, about other schools and Marshall and this and that and all that. And it was interesting that. In the discussion of conferences and who should go where and who got stronger, who not, it's kind of what you and I have been talking about, though. The Sun Belt, with the teams you just talked about, has built a reputation of good football here. And, and, and schools legitimately want to go be a part of the Sun Belt because it thinks that it'll help them. Yeah, you know, 
during the baseball season, when the trade deadline comes, you talk about who the buyers are and who the sellers are. Well, the Cajuns now are buyers. Uh, the Sunbelt Conference now are buyers. And they have, um, they've been able to identify some schools that they think are going to make the league better. And they've gone out and gotten them. Now, um, three of the four uh, have already had their press conferences. My understanding, James Madison is probably going to announce on Saturday mm-hmm. that they're going to be the fourth new member wow. uh, of the Sun Belt Conference, and that'll take the lead to uh, 14 for football, 16 for Olympic sports, although we don't expect UT Arlington and uh, Little Rock to be in the league much longer. Yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of continue to see uh, how this goes. But look, this week, again, one of those teams that are on the top of there and tied for the lead in the East is Georgia State Panthers. When you do your homework this week for the game tonight, what kind of team are the Panthers? Well, you know, Georgia State is 4-4. Uh, four and four. Right. But I think you have to look at, at, the, at, the, uh, at the teams that they've played. Earlier this season, they had Auburn beat. Um, Auburn scored with 28 seconds left. That's right. That's to right. take a one-point lead. Finley, yeah. Um, G- Georgia State got the ball back, and uh, they threw a pick six. So it was an eight-point game, but really it was a one-point game. And I don't think Auburn ever led in that game until 28 seconds were left in the game. Yeah. Um, you know, they've, they've got a loss to Army. Their one loss in conference play is to App State. So they've taken care of the team's that you would think they could take care of, and they've lost to the teams that probably were a little bit better than they. So uh, that's kind of who Georgia State is, um, a team that's got a really, really good offensive line, a team that wants to run the football, and they run it better than they throw it. Mm-hmm. They've got a, a dual-threat quarterback um, who is, um, who's pretty good and uh, also leads them in rushing. So I, I think that... Um, this is going to be an interesting game tonight because the offensive line at uh, at Georgia State, along with App State and the Cajuns, probably the best three offensive lines in the league. It's interesting because I, I remember last year was the second game, wasn't it? Over there, former Braves Stadium over there in Atlanta, right in downtown. That game went to overtime, and that game was a back-and-forth just battle between those two teams and and the Cajuns kind of making, you know, just play at the right time in that game. But I remember that game being uh, like a, you know, a heavyweight match. It, um, Cajuns were down 14 to nothing and 21 to seven in that game. Yeah. Uh, but were able to come back. A uh, game went into overtime and uh, the Cajuns scored a touchdown and, and Georgia State had gotten just a field goal and the Cajuns won the football game. And it's interesting, the, the starting quarterback in that game, and the starting running back in that game, the guy, the two guys who led their offense are both in the transfer portal after losing their jobs earlier this season. Hmm. That's crazy when you look at it from that perspective. So what's the key for the Cajuns tonight to get the win when uh, you guys kick it off at 630? You know, I've been saying it for a few weeks now. I still say run the football, run the football, and then run the football. <laughs> Right. Now, Amani Bailey's going to miss his second straight game, but uh, but Chris Smith and Montreal Johnson uh, can handle that part of it. And, and you know, here's the other thing. The Cajuns in their th- four home games this year are averaging about 39 points a game. They have scored uh, and scored well when they've played at Cajun Field this year. Um, 
I expect him to be a little bit more balanced. You know, Levi last week uh, passed Jake DeLone uh, for the all-time touchdown pass record. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays well at Cajun Field. So I think they're going to be balanced, but the first thing they're going to try to do is go ahead and establish the running game. Well, I mean, we talked about it just a couple of games ago, right? You've gotten, what was it, a 74 and a 99-yard TD run or th- something of that nature. So you can score it. And, you know, in talking to Billy Napier last week, he, he looks at the run game just like the passing game that can provide big plays, and those big players can get the home folks going and really get you a, what I, I think would be a very key win if you kind of want to get to where you want to get to this year. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, although we talk about the Cajun offense all the time and I've said this on your show already. Strength of this football team is the defense. Yeah. And um I think I think Texas State got like thirty yards after intermission uh last week. Patrick Tony's a brilliant defensive coordinator. And and um folks are, are kinda wanting to to put a nickname on this defense because they're averaging under they're they're giving up less than twenty points a game this year. And I think the name that's sticking is the Bayou Bullies. Mm, I like that. Buy you bullies. Uh, Jay, as always, man, appreciate the time. I know you're busy. It's a game day. Enjoy it. We'll be tuning in 630 uh, over on ESPN. Good luck. I appreciate it, Gus. Thanks for having me on. Yep, always a pleasure. We'll talk again next Thursday. Got a few minutes here left in this segment before we get to Lee Sterling. I want to quickly touch on what's going on with the Pels again. They lost 112-99. to Willie Green is the fourth quarter. Pels, the last couple of games, it's, I don't know if they run out of gas, but they were 0 for 6 from beyond the arc. That six turnovers in the fourth quarter, it's hard to win um, when you do that. We just got to get better. That's it. No excuses. Um, credit to Sacramento. They came out, and they did what they needed to do to win a game. They're coming off a of back-to-back just like we are. And, you know, I have to coach better, and we have to be better. That's it. Coach Green also uh, touching on the fact that you just, again, saw the, the scoring just kind of dry up there, especially at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, like you said, I'm, I'm proud of our fight, and we battled um, the whole night. And then fourth quarter, we just didn't have enough to sustain um, our play. One of the things that's going to be um, interesting to see moving forward I, I, is the development of Kyra Lewis. Again, when we talked with Schmidt Dua, some of these players – that are young. Let's continue to see that development. We are right now. Um, I like to see Trey Murphy start. He said, "Hey, look, you need a guy that can sort of penetrate and kick and and create shots for others." Uh, I, I like what I saw from Kyra Lewis yesterday, and he was pretty impressive. A nice dunk at the rim, just kind of aggressive, and it's something that he said he's trying to do more of. Uh, that's my game. Um, getting downhill, um, making plays for. Myself and my teammates, um, I feel like that's when I'm at my best. Uh, just in the offseason, working on different finishes, uh, different touch off the glass, floaters. Um, just, like I said, just being in attack mode, next play mentality. So whatever happens, good or bad, I move on and keep playing. Another aspect of what we saw, though, is I guess perhaps some sort of leadership role here as well. Uh, he was asked, look, you want an eight. How do you turn this around? Uh, it's tough, but we're going to stay positive. Um, that's the best thing you can do because once you get negative, you know, it's even tougher. So uh, the mentality is to keep going, keep building. Um, and, you know, eventually we're going to start winning games like this. Um, but we're just going to keep going through our growing pains and keep getting better. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how they continue to, you know, move forward again. It is it is what it is. Look, I, you saw Billy Hernan Gomez. Uh, I Kind of one of those things he, he could help you. 
first minutes, first points, Coach Green? I, well, just in practice in general, Billy has been working. Uh, he's he's working his tail off. He plays extremely hard, and we needed his effort and energy, especially with Lynn as big as he is as the backup center. So we wanted to match his his minutes up a little bit with Lynn to give us a better look. Mm-hmm. Um, along the lines of what Schmidt said as well, though, um, you got to keep playing Jackson Hayes. You got to keep playing Akil Alexander Walker, hoping it can uh, continue to try to be a little bit more consistent. And in the meantime, just try to find a way to get a win. Tomorrow it's Golden State. They're six and one. They are playing really good basketball. After that, the road trip ends at Dallas over the weekend. They'll be back home after that. By the way, tomorrow is game 10. Obviously, you do the math, 1-8 is 9. So the first 10 games of the year, we had talked about we'd like to see at least 5-5. Five and 4-5 five. Uh, and five would have been that bad, especially when you don't have Zion. You have one win. And right now, getting to 500 would be a big thing. And that's going to be difficult already right now, especially when Brandon Ingram and Zion aren't playing. Quick break. We come back. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. We'll talk with him next on ESPN New Orleans. Teaming up to create a healthier community, Coastal Broadcasting and Thibodeau Regional Medical Center present Health Watch. For most athletes, a gradual warm-up has very real benefits and can help prepare the body for a more intense exercise. A thorough warm-up helps to increase blood flow to the working muscle, which results in decreased muscle stiffness, reduced risk of injury, and often improved performance. An effective warm-up has a number of very important key elements. These elements work together to minimize the likelihood of sports injury from physical activity. When warming up, start with the easiest and most gentle activity first, building upon each part with more energetic activities until the body is at physical and mental peak. The first step towards your best workout is a general warm-up. You want to work for about 10 minutes and end your warm-up feeling well, warm, and sweating lightly. The purpose of the general warm-up is to raise the heart rate and your breathing. This also helps to increase the muscle temperature, which means your muscles are ready for more vigorous activity. The next step towards your best workout is sport-specific warm-up. The warm-up you do will depend on your sport. During this part of the warm-up, you should up the intensity, doing the same movements you'll be doing in your workout or event. For example, football players must work to stretch their hip flexors, quads, hamstrings, calves, trunk, glutes, and upper body. Each and every muscle throughout the body is used to maximize a football player's running, jumping, blocking, and catching potential. This series of stretches can capture each of these movements to better prepare the athlete for his position. When warming up, start with the easiest and most gentle activity first, building upon each part with more energetic activities until the body is at physical and mental peak. The first step towards your best workout is a general warm-up. 
If you have questions about proper warm-up before activity, please contact the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional at 985-493-4502 or visit us at www.thibodeau.com. If you have questions about proper warm-up before activity, please contact the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional at 985-493-4502 or visit us at www.thibodeau.com. Health Watch is a presentation of Coastal Broadcasting and Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. For more information on the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional, call 985-493-4502 or visit Thibodeau.com. Looking for uncommon talent? Meet the grads of life. They're not the typical candidates you're used to, but they're exactly who your company needs. An ideal fit for entry-level positions, internships, and even mentorships. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn more. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Question. Would you seat your three-year-old child on a windowsill? And would you seat them in a car seat that's not the correct one? Secure their future. Seat them in the correct car seat. More info at safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. From your first sunrise to the sunset of life, we are with you through life's journey. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Visit socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. It's 106 miles to Chicago. we got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. As always on Thursdays, it's time we bring in Mr. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com. Lee, how are you, sir? I'm good. I've got to get my rest for, for another crazy weekend. I mean, that Michigan State-Michigan game was great. The Florida State-Clemson game was the craziest or one of the craziest endings if you're a sports better. And then, uh, you know, who would ever thought that uh, we'd see uh, on Sunday – Two first-time starting quarterbacks just get in there and and take off and win the game. Yeah, um, you, you mentioned that Florida State Clemson ending. Is that really like almost the? I would say exclamation. I mean, that's 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 the Novell tenure there, and it. I mean, like it yeah. just hasn't gone right when you literally you're trying to do that play and it turns out to be a touchdown for Clemson on the last. I that, like if I'm a booster, that's probably like then that's why you need to fire him. Huh? If you're a booster and and also you bet on Florida State because <laughs> you were covering for 59 minutes and 59 seconds, so um, just just a horrific way to lose a wager. If you wager, I didn't right. wager on that. I had a few other bad beats uh, like Maryland and a total on the UTEP uh, FAU game where uh, UTEP scored and then recovered an onside kick and then right. threw a pass. I think it was like fourth and 19. Uh, so. The Florida State Clemson game and my two bad beats were, I think, three of the four bad beats on uh, on ESPN after the Monday night game. So, kind of tells you how my week went. Well, you know what though, it's interesting you say it like that because I, I you guys do do a lot of you know due diligence work, phone calls, yep. look at things, yep. history. Because last week I joked maybe with you and others, I was like, I had to bet Carver's college tuition on the Bengals beating the Jets. And I was like, man, that line is low. Why is it so low? You guys knew. I mean, but it makes sense, I guess, when you think about it. Getting off of beating the Ravens on the road, can you get up and muster that same energy with the Jets? And and I guess that's how you look at certain things, right? Yeah, I, I mean, it's. I can tell you this much. 
Las Vegas sportsbook directors, you will not see them, uh, or you haven't seen them this year. And if they have, it's been maybe one week where they're they're crying the blues. I mean, they are raking it in. Think about all the the the, the key players that have missed time. Right. So you had the three key receivers for Green Bay. You know, the whole public bets the other side of that game. Green Bay wins the game outright. Right. Dak Prescott doesn't play. That line started the other way. Mm-hmm. I mean. Minnesota started as a two and a half point, you know, uh, underdog. They ended end up as a three point favorite. It's a five and a half point swing. What happens? Dallas wins by four. Right. So you know the the Jets game on and on and on. When that happens, when you have a three, four, five point swing, Las Vegas, they're probably still counting their money into Tuesday and Wednesday. And also, Lee, the, the fact that all of these NFL teams on the road seem to be winning more than ever this year, it's pretty remarkable, yep. really, from that perspective, right? Let's get to coming to games this yep. week. Kentucky, two-and-a-half-point favorites uh, against Tennessee. Okay, I'm going to make a statement here about Josh Heupel. And I think two years from now, they're going to want him out, and they're going to want him out bad. So I like the idea of his go-go spread, uh, and they're facing slow-motion <laughs> Kentucky offense here, but remember UCF. If you watch UCF play now, they are barren of talent. I mean, he didn't recruit. He's going to have to recruit against Kirby Smart and Nick Saban and start getting a few of those guys. Hey, he has a quarterback now, and that will get you up to a certain level, but uh, Hendon Hooker still, yeah, he beat uh, Missouri and South Carolina, two powder puff defenses, but 0-3 straight up and against the spread against Florida, Ole Miss, and Alabama. Uh, Kentucky's defense has had plenty of reps against uh, running backs this year uh, and, and quarterbacks that are mobile. So I think they're going to be good to go here. I, I, I just think that Kentucky's defense is uh, top half of the SEC, better coaching, better line play, better running team, games at home. Give me Kentucky, 30-23. to 23. Auburn and Texas A&M's intriguing, 13-14 and 14 meeting up here. And it's at A&M. Look, I, I just honestly, I can't think of a better stretch than Bo Nix and what Auburn's doing right now since that LSU game. I mean, the two losses have come that Penn State, at Penn State, 28-20, and Georgia. And no one's beating Georgia right now. So that's it, though. But Bo Nix is playing so much better. Like, that Ole Miss game, I thought it was going to be more competitive. I almost thought, like, Auburn really had that game the entire time. Yeah, I mean, well, Bo Nix is what he's, he's the 12th-year junior now. Something like that. Something he has like been that. around for a while. <laughs> it seems like it. He has gotten better on cutting down on turnovers. He did beat LSU and Arkansas on the road. But I think the Aggie defense is two to three levels above both of those teams' defenses here. So uh, I like the fact you get Jimbo Fisher with a bye week to game plan here. Uh, what he does is, and it's interesting, you will see a certain play in the third or fourth quarter that he sets it up. He might do a certain play in the first half, a running play. And then he'll use a passing play off that running play in the second half. So it's all about setting it up. Uh, I've heard him speak many times, and he talks about, hey, every play except for a quarterback sneak has another play that should work off of that play. And uh, Auburn lost by eight points on the road to Penn State. I think A&M is better than Penn State here. And, uh, yeah, give give him credit for being LSU and Arkansas. I just think – a&M's line play and their defense. And Jimbo's got a couple running backs and a couple receivers that can flat out go 70, 80 yards mm-hmm. on one play. And I don't think Auburn has that. Give me A&M, 30 to 20.
All right, three more games in four minutes. Alabama, LSU, 28-and-a-half-point favorite, the Tide. Is this game really just about can the Tide cover, or does LSU have a shot? Well, playoff committee says that margin of victory has no bearing on rankings. I don't believe it. Uh, Nick Saban kept Bryce Young in the game in the third and fourth quarter when he was up by three and four touchdowns against Mississippi State and Tennessee. Um, I think he wants to send a message. You know, he still feels that pain of the 46-41 loss to Joe Burrow in 2019. LSU tried to slow down the pace versus Ole Miss running the ball, but only mustered 77 yards here. Um, I, I like Alabama, 50-15. to 15. Kansas City, Green Bay should go to the NFL. Yep. Chiefs defense is bad, but no, you know, Aaron Rodgers for Green Bay. Right. So this seems like. You would go KC, but their defense is no way Jordan Love can come in and light them up, huh? I don't think so. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a two-team six-point teaser. Better way to attack this game. I think Kansas City wins the game, but I don't want to lay seven and a half points. I'm going to bring Kansas City down to one and a half. think they'll make sure at least they win the game. And then I'm going to play Pittsburgh. They're laying seven. Bring them down to one. think they take care of a punchless Chicago Bears offense. Pittsburgh minus one. In Kansas City, minus one and a half, two-team six-point teaser. There you go. That's how you play yeah. that one. Uh, Saints and Falcons, this is incredible. almost looks like it's going up in, in wavering half points here. Um, and, and the Saints have lost their starting quarterback and now know yeah. Michael Thomas is not playing. Is it the, the lack of respect for Atlanta? Is it more of Sean Payton continues to find a way? How do you see this one Sunday? I, I think he finds a way. I think their defense is special. And... I'm going to play this a different way. I'm going to go with the under. I'm going to go with the under 42-and-a-half. Atlanta couldn't do anything without Ridley. Uh, he probably will be out for this game. If that's the case, I think they're punchless on offense. And, you know, when you're going with a third-string quarterback, uh, as the Saints are going to have to do, I think they're just going to be conservative and run the ball and try not to turn the ball over. Under 42-and-a-half, Saints and Falcons. All right, easy enough. Game yeah. of the week, Arkansas-Mississippi State. Almost feel like for the Hogs. It's kind of not, it would, that would say put up or shut up time, but okay, well, well, who are you really? Started out the season hot, then it, you've had trouble winning a game. So who are you yep. in the final four? Should be a fun game here. I mean, uh, most people haven't figured it out. I think I can put you on the right side, the sharp side, not the public side. So you want to get Arkansas, Mississippi State, call 800-400-9741. And off a rare losing week, this is what I'm offering. Seven games on Saturday, $77. Instant download. You can get it right now. You're ready to go. You don't have to call back tomorrow or Saturday morning, and we rate them from 10 to 50 units. Seven on Saturday for 77 Five on Sunday, $55. Get it right now. ParamountSports.com. As always, man. Appreciate the time. Thank you, Lee. Okay. Thanks, Gus. Yeah, for sure. At Lee Sterling, uh, Lee Sterling at ParamountSports.com and at Sports over on Twitter. Hey, as we uh, head on over to the break here, don't forget DraftKings Sportsbook. It's coming soon to Louisiana. You're going to be able to bet all your favorite sports on your favorite teams, however you want to look at it, from your own home. Your couch, your chair, the hammock, backyard, however it is that you enjoy, and consume games. You want to make a little extra side cash. Here's here's the coolest aspect of it. While you're waiting for it to go live, and it's going to go live towards the end of the month, Thanksgiving is around that time. You sign up, download the app, DraftKings Sportsbook, put in the code LaRose. L-A-R-O-S-E, 100 bucks. They're giving you $100 in free bets when you sign up. That's it. No deposit required. Sign up, 
$100 in free bets. That easy. So you know how to do it with the DraftKings app when you're playing fantasy sports. Well, they're just going to bring that all together with the chance to maybe, you know, kind of go ahead and lay a little cash on other aspects, games, teams, you name it. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code LaRose. And when you do, there it is. You sign up right now and you will get $100 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Louisiana. This is the mobile Sports betting. So it's going to be around the end of the month. Go ahead and do it now, and you will get to go. All right, quick break. When we come back, we'll we'll speak with Chip Patterson from CBSSports.com on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. Sports betting is coming to Louisiana, and there's no better place to get in on the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook. To celebrate, we're giving you $100 in free site credit when you register early. That's right. Register and verify now, and you'll receive a free $100 bonus when we're live. FanDuel Sportsbook is safe, secure, and 100% legal and regulated. The app is easy to use. They're always hooking you up with great offers. And when you win, you'll get paid in as little as two hours. So see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and register now to get $100 in free site credit. Must be 21 plus and present in Louisiana. Bonus issued and non-withdrawable site credit that expires seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Louisiana. Go live date. Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Greg LeBlanc Toyota is currently open and here to serve our community with a fresh new inventory arriving daily and over 150 quality pre-owned vehicles. If you have any questions regarding vehicle replacement or you're looking to purchase a new vehicle, we are here to help. Stop by 220 South Hollywood Road or give us a call at 985-876-7210 or visit GregLeBlancToyota.com. GregLeBlancToyota.com. We are Homa Strong. On August 29th, 2021, Hurricane Ida wreaked havoc on our community, leaving thousands of people feeling helpless, vulnerable, and desperate. We refuse to let insurance companies do the same. At AMO Trial Lawyers, we have assembled a team of not only attorneys, but also contractors, adjusters, engineers, and estimators with a focus of maximizing your claim value and assisting in your recovery. If you think your insurance company isn't treating you fairly, get a name that insurance companies know by calling 985-446-3333. I'm Matt Ori. And I'm David Ardwin. And we are the AMO Advantage. Oh, big talker, ain't you? Man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Legitimately, I felt all week, got no time. Each and every segment, so much to talk about. And so much to talk about in the world of college football, which you Patterson CBS Sports joins us on Thursdays. Thank you, sir, as always, for your time. How are you today? Man, not as... uh place that I thought I might be going into uh, LSU Alabama if you had guessed me what this conversation would be like back in August but uh hey here we go let's uh, let's see what happens in uh, one of the SEC West best rivalries uh we'll get to that in a quick sec but we have to talk about the college football playoff poll right I mean because it came out Tuesday it's the first one so <sighs> what do you think of the top four 
Um, I think that the, it's been interesting that Oregon is getting uh, a lot of positive treatment. You know, there's mm-hmm. mention of Joe Moorhead missing time, the offensive coordinator, primary play caller. I do think that's significant. There's mention of, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau not being in the game against Ohio State and Ohio State still winning. The injury issues that there have been along the offensive line. It seems like there's been a lot of time that has been spent trying to decide uh, Oregon, Cincinnati, and I think that Ohio State was at the mercy of always going to be one spot behind of Oregon uh, just because it's several places in the poll. They are honoring the head-to-head. They're honoring it there. They're honoring it with Oklahoma State and Baylor. They are interestingly not honoring it with Wisconsin and Penn State as Wisconsin is in the poll and Penn State is not. And they're honoring it with Mississippi State and with NC State. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm limiting and tempering by Cincinnati outrage because I think that the position, like I had Cincinnati projected as four. They landed at six. But the position of what Cincinnati needs in order to make it to the college football playoff remains the same. Uh, it needs it to be just one team from the SEC, a.k.a. Georgia. It needs just one team from the Big Ten, a.k.a. Ohio State. And it needs either Oklahoma and or uh, Oregon to take at least one more loss. And then I do think the path is open for uh, Cincinnati to be able to get in there. So, you know, mm-hmm. the fact that there was a debate between Oklahoma and Wake Forest, uh, I think it's probably – not a good sign for Oklahoma, but a great sign for Wake Forest. That that's the debate you're having in early November. Right. But still, you stack up both of those sets of wins, and you know you're debating between Texas and Virginia, a Texas team that is four and four, a Virginia team that has a better record, but we don't think has the talent of Texas. So the fact that Oklahoma and Wake Forest are both so far from the top six, uh, I wasn't really all that surprised with that because the committee loves quality wins. Also, too, Chip, as you know, it's week nine. Still have several weeks to go. You have rivalry games here in three to four weeks, and you also have conference championship games. So some of these will will likely change here. Look, Michigan State catapults over there to number three based off of that win against Michigan. How impressed have you been with Mel Tucker, a guy that you said, hey, look, if you're LSU fans, keep an eye on, on that individual. Yeah, I want to spotlight one thing about Mel Tucker. It does get mentioned a lot, but I think it's important uh, and something that anybody who follows college basketball can recognize. The ability to be able to evaluate talent that's in the transfer portal, convince them to commit to your program, and then seamlessly, or I mean probably not seamlessly, but successfully uh, get them to buy into your program and gel with your current roster. Because we see it in college basketball, some of the most successful coaches are the ones that are able to go out there, find the right transfers to fit your program, to gel with the group. It's what Baylor just did to win a national championship. Three key players on that top six rotation all transferred into Scott Drew's program. It is what has made Texas's now Texas coach Chris Beard so successful, not only at Texas Tech, but Arkansas Pine Bluff. And as the transfer portal becomes more and more of a factor in college football as well, you know, we're just setting year-over-year records for number of players that are getting in it, deciding to switch schools, then I think that that Mel Tucker, we brought 15 transfers into the program. They have bought in. We are playing better than we've played in years, and we have a Heisman Trophy contender. That is a selling point, is that Mel Tucker has all these old-school bona fides, assistant for Nick Saban, uh, assistant for Kirby Smart, 
but he is, looks like the coach of the future because he's also able to bend and adapt, match really good recruiting of high school coaches, of high school players, with uh, the recruiting of the transfer portal and being able to develop a team from that kind of turnover. Good point. Three weeks from now, right? You got Purdue, Maryland, and then at Ohio State. So again, where they are at three, Ohio State's five currently. That what are those two will sort of cancel each other out when you look at it? Um, I, I I'll tell you this, and it kind of goes to what you were going to probably get into with Alabama and and LSU here. Auburn's somehow turned it around here the last couple of weeks, but they actually look like a team that you know what they could give Alabama some trouble here. Bo Nix oh, is playing really well. And, like, I, I was surprised. It To me, they, don't, they handle Ole Miss, huh? I mean, like, watching that game, I, I felt like Ole Miss just never got going and Auburn was the better team, and I would have never believed that going into that game. So the, the Ole Miss team that we are seeing right now is not the Ole Miss team at its best. Uh, much of that is because of injuries. I think Lane Kiffin said that, you know, like of the 11 projected starters on defense coming into the game, they only had three of them uh, who are practicing this week. I might have those numbers off, but I'm, I'm positive without a doubt that Ole Miss has got too many injury issues, including, you know, a little bit of a, a bang bruise knock, as they would say in soccer uh, for starting quarterback, Matt Corral. I just think it's going to be impossible uh, for us to be able to think that Ole Miss is going to turn in the best football that it's going to play this season here at this stretch of the, of the year, given all those depth and injury issues, you know, the injury issues at wide receiver. Like, they they basically have been hamstrung to the point where uh, they are trying to get to the end of the season with as few losses as possible, as opposed to the flip side, which is we're really trying to win out, finish strong challenge for an SEC championship. It's just not going to happen. However, like you said, for Auburn right. to play uh, at that level is awesome, and now it carries that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of rhythm, that kind of confidence into this game. What I think is fascinating about Auburn and Texas A&M is that both quarterbacks, Bo Nix and Zach Calzada, they played really good recently, feeling yeah. good about themselves. Let me tell you. But let's go a little bit deeper because, Gus, as you know, at the beginning of the season, I thought Arkansas's defense was awesome, but the sheer performances have not been there for Arkansas defensively in recent weeks. So when you go up against Arkansas and a banged-up Ole Miss team, it's real easy for Bo Nix to look good against those defenses. Zach Calzada, what defenses has Calzada faced? South Carolina and Missouri. I think both these quarterbacks are in for a rude awakening going up against the kind of defenses and the step-up in competition that they're going to face. I think it's really low scoring, and it's not as much which quarterback is going to make a play as which quarterback doesn't make a mistake. I was literally going to say that. <laughs> which one doesn't uh, make, make the – the dreaded mistake. That is a 2.30 CBS game. I want to give you some time, obviously, to, I, don't, I would say, help LSU fans. I don't know. Do you watch this just as, hey, get together, enjoy it. Tigers are playing, and, you know, maybe about a third or fourth quarter, you can go to your your, your stuff. Uh, I, I don't know. I It stinks, right? 28.5-point favorites, but it, there's legit reasons. I know there's injuries in the secondary for the Tigers here as well. But, man, I, I don't know. Find some motivation in that. Coach O's one and seven against Saban. I, I I don't know. I how do I watch this game at six? Uh, well, the <laughs> scoreboard since Coach O was videotaped saying "Roll Tide Blank You." Yes, is fifty five to seventeen right now. Okay, and I don't think Coach Saban 
is going to have any plans to call off the dog the number of times that he faces Ed Odron after roll side blank you. Mm-hmm. So, um, I look, the, the depth issues that you mentioned in the secondary, that has been uh, one of the big headlines of the week, and it has brought, like, the, the status analysis, which has come up, which is uh, when Alabama eventually does put in the backup, it's like, congratulations, now you've reached the level that LSU started at the game. You know, like, like that's like the, the, there are no backups to turn to when the fresh legs come in trying to execute because everything about Alabama football is with an eye on where they need to be, the habits they need to have and the standard that they need to be meeting to beat Auburn. As you mentioned, that game is in Jordan hair. Auburn's looking good. You cannot take the iron bowl lightly. And then the SEC championship game, we presume against Georgia and I just, like, there's no room to be nice to LSU, and LSU just doesn't have the bodies right now to be able to keep Alabama from the end zone. So, I don't know. Alabama's going to be able to pick its score, and whether or not LSU wants to tackle in the open field will determine how big that score is. I know it's a guy that we talked about uh, two weeks ago when the Ed Ogeron thing happened. Billy Napier's Cajuns played tonight on national television against uh, Georgia State. I know he liking that one. When I look at them play, look, Coastal Carolina was ranked. They lost it. It went a little bit down. But that Sun Belt sneakingly um, difficult, didn't it, with, with a handful of teams like App State and the Cajuns? Right, but it, it's at the top. The right, bottom right, of that right. league will, pulls it way down. Like when we're <laughs> trying to put together any kind of conference-by-conference comparison, mm-hmm. the like where you are with um, you know Texas State – Monroe's playing better. I'll tell you that's the that's the Sun Belt school where I'm kind of interested in because ULM has has been a little feisty here in uh, the back half of the season. Okay. And when you've got a, a new head coach, not shouldn't be a huge shock that they're playing better in November than they are in August. But the the top end of the Sun Belt is what's really awesome. And with the additions that they're going to have in conference expansion, mm-hmm. I I kind of like the Sun Belt um, maybe as much as the American. It's like the American wants airports and metro cities, and the Sun Belt wants the small communities that really love this football stuff. The like Sun Belt wants to be in the places with traditions throughout a college town where football matters, and the American just wants to be able to make sure that uh, they're going to be able to get to campus just by flying commercial. And so – you know, I, I think that Sunbelt's really fun. And, like, tonight, for your question, Louisiana should win this game. Louisiana should win this game by double digits. But Georgia State is feisty. Uh, I wouldn't want any part of trying to hand out a pick in the game. But I expect that Louisiana will continue its march. Uh, I think tonight clinches the division. If mm-hmm. Louisiana wins, it has clinched the West Division and put itself in the sun. Super impressive. What team in the top 10, Chip, here in the final 60 seconds or so, should be worried on upset alert? Wake Forest. It's an underdog at, at North Carolina. They played a 55-53 to 53 game a year ago. They're probably going to hit 100 again. Uh, neither defense is going to get stops, and both quarterbacks are going to throw for six touchdowns. And Do you want to play the coin flip game? Because that is exactly <laughs> what Wake Forest, North Carolina is. Uh, and listen, i got to throw this out here. Mm-hmm. Wake loses, it is still undefeated in conference play. That's interesting. Yeah. It's a non-conference game. These two schools signed a non-conference agreement to play a game at each other's home stadiums, 
so that they could play because they only get to play once every 12 years right. in the current ACC schedule rotation. So Wake could lose this game and fall in the college football playoff polls and all that, but it could still be undefeated in conference play and have a chance to win an ACC championship. And that's why people go, I have no idea what that just meant. <laughs> I mean, that, that, how do you even decide? That doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Well, I, I, under, I like the fact that they did it because, again, these are two original members okay. of the ACC, and they are separated by about two hours of interstate. And the fact that they only get to play once every 12 years is really sad. So they said we're going to interrupt that 12-year gap gotcha. by playing a non-conference game at each other's stadium every couple years. There he is. At Chip underscore Patterson giving you nuggets just like that as well. As always, we appreciate it. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk again next Thursday. Sounds good. Y'all be well. Yep. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll put a wrap on today's show. Matt Moscone after further review. About 13 minutes away. Don't go anywhere on ESPN New Orleans. Offshore workers are among the most important members of the Gulf Coast workforce. When a person working offshore or on a vessel is injured, the effects on their family can be devastating. At the King Firm, we are proud to have experience with these types of cases and make it a priority to see that our clients receive just compensation and are treated fairly. If you've been injured, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. Ring the King at 504-909-KING or 888-241-8766. DraftKings Sportsbook is coming soon to Louisiana, and it won't be long until you can bet on all of your favorite sports from the comforts of your own home. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. No deposit required. DraftKings is bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code LaRose when you sign up. Those who sign up right now will get $100 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Louisiana. That's code LaRose to get $100 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-70-STOP. 21 and over. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Medications can be scary sometimes, but necessary for our health and well-being. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding you the lowest cost available on your medications. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options. Patients who take their medications as prescribed have better health outcomes. Stop by one of our pharmacies today, located in Rouse's Supermarket on Highway 3235 in the Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Clinic in Cutoff. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Adventure, intrigue, mystery, romance. It's a storm of entertainment that brings down the house. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. I don't know if you felt about this week the way I have. I I, I want to feel like part of me feels like this has been a long week, and then tomorrow's Friday. <laughs> that means it feels like a fast week. I don't know. It has been a busy week, if that makes any sense. Like, it's long in that trying to make sure we cover and get to everything, and at the same time, 
it, it, it's absolutely fast because of it all. It, it, again, it's just hard to believe, as you've heard me reference it to a couple of guests that we've had on today and this week. I mean, the, the Saints lose their starting quarterback, find out their top receiver that everyone is banking and counting on and coming up and help jumpstart that receiving group is not coming back this year. They're facing their division rivals, the dreaded Atlanta Falcons, the Pigeons, as Todd likes to call them. And I feel like a sense of calm around the black and gold nation, the Houdat nation, right? And and kind of like, again, they've gone up. I look at Vegas. They're six and a half point favorites now. It went up a half a point. Um, So that's been interesting. And and, and I just feel like they, they've... They, they sound relaxed. Again, CD News, probably one of the best things I've heard this week about his interception of Tom Brady. I call it baby goat. <laughs> there you go. That works, I guess. I saw a baby goat just float, and I had to go save him. <laughs> <laughs> I it was. I, like, I was in the boat. I was jamming my receiver on the island. And then I saw a little baby goat floating in the water, so I had to go pick him up. Another way. Funny, huh? Uh, baby goat. That's the name of the interception now. And, you know, again, it's it just, it's, it's, we'll, we'll obviously focus a lot more on the Saints tomorrow getting ready for that. So from that aspect, it's, it's been busy to say the least and exciting at the same time though. Cause again, I called them a potential playoff team. I would have liked to seen them, you know, get into the postseason and somehow despite everything they've gone through, I legitimately can look at the path, right? I mean, you can can look at it and say, yeah, sure. Why can't this team win half of the remaining 10 games? And, and five and, and five gives them 10. And I think 10 wins gets you in. So that's one side. And, and then you have the poor Pels. I, I love the Pelicans. But the station of your Pelicans. Like them to win. It's tough to play when you don't have your top two scores. And, and that's Zion, who's probably arriving in December. And Brandon Ingram, who's been out with the hip contusion. They're playing hard. It is a different look, different team than last year. They're still similarly deficient in scoring. Last year, not enough scoring. This year, new players, not enough scoring for one reason or another. It's either, you say, I, Jordan, I didn't say for whatever reason. I said for one reason or another. Some nights, Nikhil Alexander-Walker can't hit a bucket. Other nights, he scores. So it, it's just the consistency thing. And quite honestly, I just think it's, it's legs. They, they keep... Coming up short in the fourth quarter. Last night, uh, you know, they had a 20 point lead two nights ago at Phoenix, could hold on. And last night, you had a situation where they just, they, they, the offense dried up. 0 for 6 from beyond the arc in the fourth quarter with six turnovers. In today's NBA, you're not winning. We just got to get better. That's it. No excuses. Um, credit to Sacramento. They came out and they did what they needed to do to win a game. They're coming off a back to back just like we are. And, you know, I have to coach better, and we have to be better. Nikhil so, Alexander-Walker was asked after the game how to get out of this. Um, being confident in myself, uh, trusting myself, uh, my work, and that's all I can do. I can't focus on anything else. I'm trying to play to win. Um, when the ball is in my hands, try not to settle, try to get downhill, and then from there make the right play. Pass or score. One or two things. Um, simplify the game. And, you know, look, it, it, it's tough because you can see the potential of what he can be. 7-16, but just one three-pointer. 1-6, 16 points. He's capable of maybe a little bit more. And Kyra Lewis 
how to get out of this hole as a team. Uh, it's tough, but we're going to stay positive. Uh, that's the best thing you can do because once you get negative, you know, it's even tougher. So uh, the mentality is to keep going, keep building. Um, and, you know, eventually we're going to start winning games like this. Um, but we're just going to keep going through our growing pains and keep getting better. There it is. We'll have more tomorrow. They take on Golden State. It's the Sports Hangover. Thank you for tuning us in. Matt Moscone and After Further Review is next on ESPN New Orleans. Oh, 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 oh,